Milk minute, milk minute, milk minute, yeah. This is Maureen Farrell and Heather O'Neill, and this is the Milk Minute. We're midwives and lactation professionals, bringing you the most up-to-date evidence for all things lactation, so you can feel more confident about feeding your baby, body positivity, relationships, and mental health. Plus, we laugh a little or a lot along the way. So join us for another episode. Before we get into today's episode, I just had a quick announcement. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from our hard-hitting, investigative, problem-solving episodes. And don't worry, when we get back, we will come at you with some very exciting new material. We've got interviews lined up. We've got research-based episodes lined up. We have special guests you just don't even know. Get ready in 2022. It's coming at you hard from the Milk Minute. (laughs) All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Milk Minute. Today, I want to talk to you about talking to your baby's doctor about formula supplementation. I'm so excited about this because this is a nice, this is not going to be a long one, but it's going to be very useful. And Mm -hmm. just a friendly reminder, we do have professionally made transcripts that are available on the website, which are always linked in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So if you want to print it out and bring it as a reference Mm -hmm. or use it as an outline to talk to your pediatrician about formula supplementation, please do. You don't have to remember everything. Just, you know, know that that's available for you. Hey everyone, it's Heather and Maureen, and we have something really exciting to share with you today. We would like to introduce you to the Wisdom app. It's a brand new app where listeners can come and talk with us at a day and time of our choosing, which happens to be January 18th at 7 p.m. So join us on this new community platform and get all of your breastfeeding questions answered. We're so excited to see you all on the Wisdom app, January 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See you there. Okay. Well, the way I want to start actually is with a question. Okay. Today's question is from Sierra B. She says, is anyone here taking ADHD meds while breastfeeding? What do you take and how has it affected your baby and or supply? I have my ADHD test tomorrow, mainly for confirmation because I'm positive I have it. I'm excited to finally get treated for this life-altering disorder, but I'm so nervous that I'm going to have to make a choice between being medicated and breastfeeding, depending on the effects. I'm interested to hear others' experiences. Thanks in advance. Pick of my five-month-old little love just because. So I actually do know the answer to this. And this is from the book by Dr. Hale, Medications and Mother's Milk. And what we see with ADHD medication is a lot of people are on the extended release, and that's tough for lactation. So anytime you're on an extended release anything, if there's an option to go on a shorter release, it's going to be easier to toggle that around your breastfeeding schedule if you have one. And by five months old, you probably do have some semblance of a schedule that you can plan around. So although it's more annoying, if you have to do a shorter acting one a couple times a day as a opposed to one extended release, which is a higher dose in the morning, followed by like a slow trickle down effect that hopefully wears off by bedtime so you can go to sleep, 
that might be what you have to do temporarily just to get through to whatever your breastfeeding goal is. It's not completely contraindicated, but you will have to look for signs and symptoms in the baby that they might be getting a little bit too much. So you might also have to back off on a dose. So maybe if your therapeutic dose is depending on what you're on, a certain range, you might have to switch to a shorter acting and decrease the dosage just to get by until you're done breastfeeding. And then you can kind of bump it back up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do want to mention that amphetamines are not the only medications available for ADHD, but probably the most commonly prescribed at this point. Yeah. So... That's a good point also. And really, a lot of the stuff that we would do for ADHD is stuff that we would recommend you do postpartum anyway. So taking omega-3 fatty acids like the cold-pressed fish oil, doing some acupuncture, some cognitive behavioral therapy, if at all possible, just to kind of treat any underlying issues that kind of rev up your brain and get things going. And just doing a quick search of Adderall, which is very common, infant effects... There were no signs of abnormal development during the first two years of life of an infant breastfeeding from a mother who had Adderall treatment. And the infant of a mother who was taking amphetamine, 35 milligrams daily for narcolepsy, like a whole other thing, but same treatment with Adderall, during pregnancy and postpartum was exclusively breastfed for six months. The infant experienced no adverse reactions and grew normally. Mm -hmm. So obviously, like when we look at giving Adderall or another amphetamine to a pediatric patient, we monitor their growth and their blood pressure to make sure everything is stable and cool there. But we're not seeing those effects via breastfeeding. So those infants are still growing okay. But just like any other amphetamine, we're looking for general fussiness and, you know, maybe lack of sleeping, which is also kind of hard to determine. Is it the amphetamine or is it just being a baby? So um, not completely contraindicated, but you might have to toggle back and forth depending on the dose that you require. Yeah, there's just some caution with it. Um, And it's definitely something to talk to your doctor a little bit more in depth about and know a good way to get in touch with them if you want to change your dosage. Yep. Hope that helps. Okay. Well, on that note of communicating with your doctor, (laughs) I want to start out this episode, which is focusing on communicating with your baby's healthcare provider when they suggest formula supplementation. I want to start with an acronym. Oh, tell me. Okay. This is an acronym I use for making any kind of medical decision. I'm sure you can umbrella it out further if you want, but I usually end up talking to... um, birth clients about it, but it really, I use it all the time. The acronym is BRAIN. So I say, before you make a choice, use your brain. It's easy to remember. (laughs) And it stands for benefits, risks, alternatives, intuition, and nothing, as in we do nothing. And I just want to break that down a little bit for you so you can understand how to use it. So we're going to start with benefits. So basically, what good can come from the medical intervention that is being discussed, right? And again, this is something you just ask your doctor. What are the benefits of this intervention? You want to look at the physiological benefits. Is this going to help your mental health somehow? Is it going to be easier in your life somehow? I mean, there's a lot of ways you can consider benefits. And the answer might be, it just makes me feel better. Right. (laughs) And in that case... I'm going to have more questions. (laughs) Yeah. So then that leads you to say, okay, those are the benefits. So what are the risks, right? Wait, what are the risks of adding formula or what are the risks of not adding formula? This would be, so 
At this point, this would be the risk of the intervention. Okay, so the risk of... Yes. Giving formula supplementation. So in this episode, we're going to talk about formula supplementation. But if you're talking about anything, right, just I, I kind of want to frame this like adding a medication because that's how I want you to consider formula supplementation for a medical problem. Yes. And if you ask the doctor what the risks are of starting formula and they say nothing, then they're lying to you. They're lying and they don't know anything about yeah. breastfeeding. Yeah. But, you know, again, like we're going to say, are there risks, like adverse effects for your health, your baby's health, whatever? Are there um, risks to starting an intervention and not being able to stop? Things like that. Okay. Then that leads us to A, alternatives. What else can we try? Is there a different treatment? Is there a different plan we can move ahead with? That kind of is thing. Is there pumping? Right. Is there more frequent checkups? Right. Is there... Yeah. I don't and know. I will certainly list a lot of alternatives for sure. Okay, good. Because a lot of people probably don't know what the options are. And a mm-hmm. lot of doctors probably don't know what the yeah. options are. And unfortunately, if you're using this acronym and your doctor keeps saying, I don't know or know that there isn't that, then the burden is on you to read the research. Yeah. And to Google and to figure it out or find a new healthcare provider. Find a new healthcare provider. <laughs> and if they don't have the humility to say, I don't know, but I will surely find out yeah. and then get back to you, then they're not worth their weight mm-hmm. and salt or whatever you say. Is that so how that goes? One of those. I don't they're know. They're not worth their salt. I Or they're worth their not. weight in gold. I think I mix those <laughs> two together. Anyway, we have I, intuition, right? After you understand the risks, benefits, and alternatives, it's a good time to check in with your gut. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of healthcare providers would hear this and be like, <laughs> whatever, that doesn't matter. I think that you are always going to be the best authority in your own health and your children's health. Yeah. Okay. You know yourself and your children better than anybody else. And you might not know the specific answer or the specific path that you should take, but you know when something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And you should never move forward if you don't feel totally confident. Right. Ever. So if your intuition is saying this is not a good choice, that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't do it, but it means you need to lean in further and figure out what about it doesn't feel good and what you can do to change that. Yeah. And then the N for brain is nothing, for doing nothing. And that looks like what happens if we don't do anything? What are the risks of doing nothing, yeah, right? What if I don't What do if we that? do nothing? Yeah. And again, like you don't want to present this to your doctor as this, I'm not doing anything. But just like, hey, so what happens if we don't do this? Is that uh, an option? I'm going to label you right. non-compliant. <laughs> right. And that's good to know. <laughs> um, so I want you to keep that acronym in mind as we have this conversation today, because it's a really good framework for all of your conversations with your healthcare providers. You know, I have parents in labor who will literally like print out the brain acronym and tape it on the back of their phone case. You know, I mean, like that's intense. It, 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 you just, because when you're in a moment where you feel stressed or shamed, your brain isn't like use your brain, b r a i n. Yeah, it's like panic. It's like, oh my god, my baby's gonna die. Right. So it's totally okay to write those questions down and bring them in to your healthcare provider and be like, hey, can we take a second? I just have a few questions. And if they can't take a second, 
for your questions. That is a red flag, folks. So you're almost like sifting, using like a sifter, you know? And if what's left is no answers and a pile of shit, it's time to get a new doctor. That is a red flag, folks. (laughs) (laughs) But let's begin. So when you have this conversation with your doctor, often it looks like them saying, I want you to supplement your baby with formula. And then you have all these alarm bells go off and you panic. So at the beginning of that conversation, I want you to start with your goals. And you can say, okay, my goal is exclusive breastfeeding. Or, okay, well, my goal is actually mixed feeding, so that works really well. Or my goal is to make it to a year of breastfeeding. I want you to start that way. Because then it sets the precedent that everything moving forward is going to be oriented toward that goal. And that actually, like, if I was charting as a provider, I would put that as the chief complaint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be like, formula supplementation required an infant, patient statement, my goal is to exclusively mm-hmm. breastfeed to one year. Right. And so the rest of your charting should be a care plan that points towards getting them to that goal. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. then... Your chart's going to look stupid. Yeah. So that's why I want you to begin that way. And then essentially you're going to keep rounding your conversation back to it every time it gets away from there. Okay. So then if the recommendation is formula supplementation, we want to be really clear about why. Say, okay, why do we want to do that? Is it that baby's weight gain isn't optimal? Are they falling off their growth curve? Is it that they haven't gained enough weight within the time since they were last weighed? Usually it's something like that. And if that is the conclusion, it's a really good idea to say, hey, do you think we could talk about some other ways we can measure baby's growth? See if they've done a head circumference, chest circumference, length. Are we talking about milestones being met? Because we really need to know, is this just weight not matching what we expect it to? Or is this like a really big overall growth and development problem? Yeah. Is there something else? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're pretty obsessed with the feeding because we can measure it, quote unquote. But there's a lot of other things going on with babies. Neurologically, are they neurologically growing? Yep. You know, How are, are their they, reflexes? Are they coordinating? And where is the problem? Is the problem on the maternal side mm-hmm. with the milk supply or is the issue with the kid? And if it's an right. issue with the kid, but there's plenty of milk, then no amount of formula supplementation is going to help that mm-hmm. because we have a problem that we need to solve. Right. And if you're talking to your baby's doctor, they are most likely a pediatrician. But even if you have a family doctor or an FNP, they still don't typically have enough breastfeeding training to know if it's a problem with your supply. So that's why I want you to focus with them on what they can measure and assess for your baby, okay? Because the the deeper we understand the problem, the more comfortable you're going to be making a decision and moving forward with it. And also, can I just say, Mm -hmm. during that visit, it's okay to take all that data and sit on it for 24 that is hours. That's exactly where I was going. Oh, next, really? Okay. So I love that. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say once you understand all of that or you just have it all bumbling about in your mind, you can say, I'd like a little bit of time to think about this. If it's not an emergency, you don't have to make a choice right then. And if it is an emergency, tell me it's an emergency. Yes. You know, and if they're like, well, I really, I'm not comfortable with you waiting. 
be like, then what's the diagnosis? Right. And if they can't tell you what the diagnosis is and they're not going to make the call, it's not an emergency. Exactly. And I, I want to say that it is going to be a better experience for you if you take initiative in communicating with the with that doctor or care provider. So if you say, you know what, I'd like to go home and, you know, speak to my partner about this or just, you know, read a little bit more research. Um, how about I call you on Monday and we talk about it? Or let's do a follow-up appointment next week and we can discuss it. You know, you initiate that, okay, because that also gives you that care provider the understanding that you care, you're thinking about this, you're being proactive. You can also ask them if they have a lactation consultant that works in their office. Yes. And if they do, but it hasn't occurred to them to let you meet with them, that's weird. And you should remind them to use the resources that they currently invest mm-hmm. in, which happens, I'm pretty sure, all the time. But then also that little bit of a break gives you a chance to find your own lactation consultant mm-hmm. and just double check what's the harm in that, you know. Yeah. And it might be a good opportunity for a lactation consultant and a pediatrician to work on an issue that's very common to patients and prevent mm-hmm. this from happening to other people. Yeah. And, and regardless of whether or not you go on to supplement with formula after this appointment, I think it is very important that you connect with a lactation consultant or a lactation counselor or whoever's available because um, they are going to then be the one that can help you assess, is there a problem on your end? <laughs> is it a milk production problem? They can also help you assess, is this a milk transfer problem? Is this a problem where baby is just not pulling enough milk, right? Um, You could also consider pediatric occupational therapy, an oral functioning assessment. And again, communicate all of this with that initial healthcare provider that recommended formula supplementation. Okay. Yeah, and bring them into the plan. Mm -hmm. So I would venture to believe that if a pediatrician doesn't have a lot of experience with breastfeeding families or really just has three tricks that they pull out of their sleeve for fixing breastfeeding issues, when you bring these alternatives to them, you are actually helping them help you, you know? And so I try to work with patients in our private consults to brainstorm with them something that the pediatrician is going to be happy with in the short term. I always tell them, tell your pediatrician who I am and that you're working with me closely Mm -hmm. and that you have access to me for all follow-ups that you need. And that's going to immediately make them feel better. And they can chart that. Patient following with IBCLC or CLC and IBCLC recommends, da-da-da-da. If it's like a liability thing that they're worried about, I got you. Then that helps. Yeah. That helps. Again, like it helps them understand, too, that then they can recommend those things to future patients. Mm -hmm. And then if after all that, you know, say you decide that the benefits do not outweigh the risks for you or you do not think that formula supplementation is appropriate, then they have a pattern of you being a very communicative and compliant patient. And they're not going to freak out if you say, you know what, I'd like to wait. Hopefully, right? Um, But I want to say, say that's that you've decided to move forward with the N, (laughs) the do nothing. Then I want you to consider communicating with your baby's healthcare provider about when to worry. Okay, because clearly they have some concerns, 
And so you want to know when it is appropriate for you to bring that baby back in. What are signs of malnutrition? What are signs of dehydration? What are signs that baby's not growing quickly? Like when would you expect baby to move up a clothing size? You know, things that you can assess at home um, so that you know if you need to come in before the next scheduled appointment. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really important. Mm-hmm. And if they, I, I'm sure that it would also make them feel good to know that you want to schedule a follow-up. Yes. So, like, I want to do nothing right now, but I would love for you to tell me when I should worry, and also I would love to see you in two weeks. Yeah. To just make sure everything's cool and to see if anything's changed. And in the meantime, I'm going to reach out to occupational therapy, I'm going to reach out to a lactation consultant, and I'm going to spend some time on my health to see if that impacts it at all. Because maternal health and wellness mm-hmm. definitely correlates with better breastfeeding relationships mm-hmm. in general and just lower stress. And uh, obviously, if you have a kid that is in a gray area that someone's worried about, we want to know that you're going to be able to take that time to focus on them. Okay. So let's, let's posit another scenario and how we would move forward. Let's say that you agree that something needs to be done. But your goal is exclusive breastfeeding, okay? I want to remind you that calories in formula and breast milk are typically the same. In fact, I went and looked, (laughs) and some brands of formula even have less calories than breast milk. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's the thing. If you get a blanket recommendation to supplement with formula, and that is the end, and somebody expects that to improve weight gain for your baby, that makes no sense. Okay, because if you go home and say you buy a formula unknowing that has 18 calories per ounce instead of 22, you know, and 20, I think 20 is the standard, like similar 20 and female 20. Exactly. Like then you're then supplementing or replacing breast milk with something that has less calories. Like this seems like it doesn't make sense to me. So here's the thing. If you think something should be done and you agree with your baby's healthcare provider that their growth is not optimal and you need to change something, then we need to focus on what is happening when they feed, how much milk they're getting, all of that, right? So you're seeing that LC already, baseline. You need to do that. <laughs> you, have an, you have options. You can choose what we call double feeding, where you feed baby directly and then you pump after and feed the expressed milk. And that is really helpful in a case where we have, say, low muscle tone, poor oral functioning, and baby's just not getting quite enough volume, but your milk supply is fine. If we have an issue where your milk supply is not optimal, so we're going to add in a little bit of extra volume with formula, then we need to be working on increasing that milk supply with pumping or feeding in between. Yeah, and know that depending on if your baby is very stable, but they're just not on the curve the way the pediatrician would exactly like them to be on, I hesitate to tell parents to do formula right away. I'm like, can we take three days Mm -hmm. to just do skin to skin, lay in bed, watch down to Nabby, and really (laughs) go for it? Bathe with your baby, baby wear, like literally spend 72 hours just crushing it with breastfeeding. And that's because... The top-off cycle is a trap that we can fall into that is going to decrease milk supply over time. Yes. So, like, if you can avoid it, do it. But if your baby is in dire straits Mm -hmm. and they are already in, like, 
well below the third percentile and they've like they're have, not developmentally meeting yeah. milestones and they're getting weaker or they're getting readmitted for jaundice and they need volume and it's they just okay. can't do it it's fine yeah i just want to like normalize that it supplementing with formula does not mean you have failed and it is an amazing scientific advancement that we have we have a safe food that we can give to babies that is not breast milk mm-hmm. and in my opinion if we are introducing it into a breastfeeding relationship, it should be seen as a medical intervention, right? So if you've decided to move forward with that, I want you to, before you go home from that doctor's appointment, ask when you can stop. Yeah. And they might say, I don't know, but at least you've opened up that conversation. You can say, well, I agree that it's necessary. I want to do it, but I want to know, you know, when we can stop using this medicine. Yeah. Is it, what's the goal? Is it a weight goal? Is it when they reach eight pounds? Mm -hmm. Is it like, what is it? Is it when they reach a certain... Is it jaundice? I mean, yeah, we have to understand like what, what is the goal with formula supplementation so that when we meet it, we can stop. And then you can even ask, well, okay, how do I stop? Like when, when, Uh. when it's time to stop how? And again, if your pediatrician says, I don't know, that's a red flag. I'm sorry, because that is a medication. They are essentially an, essentially it's an over the counter medication they're recommending you take without a plan. Yeah. And here's my other pet peeve in life. I've had so many the past few episodes. I am just like Mm -hmm. really full of it. If your pediatrician recommends formula and tells you that, yes, I absolutely recommend this, this is exactly what your baby needs, and then that you say, when do we need to follow up? And they say, at your two-month visit? No. And you're in the second week? Uh, what? So in that situation, I would say, you know what? I want to follow up sooner. How about I see you in two weeks? Yeah. How about one week? If we're in such dire straits that we need to be including formula in this plan, which is going to complicate literally everything in my life and my baby's gut and my pumping and just whatever, you better be seeing me in a week. And if it's better, yay. And then Mm -hmm. we can work on getting off of it so we don't make the top off cycle even worse. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. The two months. I'll see you in two months. All right. I want you to start formula. It'll, it's going to be better. This is the best for your baby. I'll see you in two months. No, no, no. This is going to sound like a broken record, but that's a red flag uh, telling you that the doctor doesn't understand breastfeeding. And you can not. I know I'm kind of being a D.I.C.K. right now. <laughs> about it but you don't have to be that way (laughs) well i'm trying to be better but i'm trying to be a better person um (laughs) you know you don't have to present it like oh my gosh you don't know what you're doing you can just be like hey doesn't it make more sense that if my goal is exclusively breastfeeding and you want me to introduce formula that you see me sooner to make a plan to get off of it and if a light bulb doesn't click at that point for them i'm out well and also like if they have presented this to you that they are so extremely worried about weight gain or growth that they want to intervene, then you can say, yes, I share this worry and I think it makes sense to see you sooner to make sure this intervention is working. And it's also appropriate to say, what else are you worried about? Yep. Because it is not always just the breast milk. It is Mm -hmm. not. Perfect example right here. And I know Katie will not mind. One of my 
best friends, Katie, who was <laughs> the first lactation visit I actually did oh, nice. at home. And she had a baby that was diagnosed failure to thrive. And they mm-hmm. had her start formula. Very little follow-up. That's how she ended up calling me. When I got to her house, it was the hottest mess express you've ever seen. She's got other kids running around. Adding mm-hmm. this formula has caused her, like, trip. we're now triple feeding. We're, like, doing all kinds of stuff. It's taking all day. He's on the boob all day long. He's not gaining weight. And I'm like, what the heck? I listened to him with my stethoscope, and it sounds like a washing machine. And I was like, when's your next pediatric visit? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, um... Do you have a heart issue there? Yes. Yep. He had a big old hole in his heart. Yeah. And his metabolism was so high because his body mm-hmm. had to work so hard that he was burning too many calories, more than he could take in. I can't believe him. Oh, I'm, I'm, I can't even start. Sorry. I know. I can't. I know. So, and like, why did it take that long? And yeah. sometimes they are kind of sneaky. This one was not. Sometimes they're sneaky. Sometimes they're easy to miss. Right. But also, like, he passed the congenital heart defect screen that we do on all babies. Mm-hmm. But, like, they can only compensate for so long before they yep. start decompensating. And, and that's actually very common. It's very common to have um, a small heart defect that is also self-limiting mm-hmm. and heals over time. This one did not. And right. he has to have heart surgery. Right. And he's, you know, how old is he now? Two. He's two. So, yeah. And they're waiting for his surgery now. It's mm-hmm. not closed. I mean, that was a significant hole in his heart. Right. And to me, if somebody is diagnosing my kid with failure to thrive and the only thing they want to do is add formula, I'm questioning. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, I need someone to listen for a full minute with their right. stethoscope without him crying. Because you can't really hear when the baby's crying. Oh, or when they're eating, frankly. It's hard or to hear. Or when he- they're like, eating. And, and like... I mean, really, it's hard to, like, auscultate baby's heart, frankly, because they move. They don't care what you want to do. Your stethoscope is uncomfortable. And one other thing that I do is I put the pulse ox on the right hand Mm -hmm. and the either foot whenever they are breastfeeding. Because I want to see if they're maintaining their oxygen saturations while they're working hard. hard. Yeah. Um, So that's the other thing that I'll do to put them to the test a little bit. And he actually passed that. So, like, Mm -hmm. he was still compensating pretty well. But that weight loss was just the biggest thing. And I guess like, you know, all of this conversation is to say that we want you guys to get competent medical care. Okay. That's our Christmas wish. And unfortunately, that is not easy to come by. And we want you to be prepared. And I hate that we live in an area where you have to be such a strong self-advocate to even just get like reasonably good health care sometimes. It's very sad. And also, can I just say, there's a lot of pressure on pediatricians and family medicine docs to know everything. Yes. You have to know everything about everything. No, you don't. You just have to know how to use your resources. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know everything. It's We put doctors up on pedestals so high that it's almost impossible for them to do their jobs. Right. And so, you know, it's actually very helpful that you would then ask these questions because it gives them more opportunities to say, actually, I don't know. Yeah. Right. And I value that in a healthcare provider very highly. You know, I would much rather have a healthcare provider who tells me what they don't know than somebody who pretends they know. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I frequently have these conversations with my own doctor who I've chosen to work with on my endocrine problem versus traveling to see an endocrinologist like four hours. Um, you know, and... 
And she, often she's like, I don't know, but I will I will refer with somebody about it and I will get back to you on Monday, you know. And so if your doctor says, I don't know, and they're going to look into something, just pin them down for that date for them to get back to you because they're really busy. They are really <laughs> Have them busy. write it down. And that's part they of forget. the problem. It's okay. They are not set up to succeed either. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give them some grace there yeah. because it's not their fault that the insurance reimbursement is so bad that they have to see a patient every 10 mm-hmm. minutes, you know, just to keep their lights on. I mean, that right. super sucks. And oh, then, of course, they awful. don't have the answers all the time. No, and my doctor will be calling me back at like 9 p.m., guys. Yeah, and that's And sucks. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're still at your office? Yeah. You have three kids at home. Fuck. Right, go home. But yeah. also, like, what's the answer? But, yeah, also, thank you. <laughs> and so all of that to say, you know, as lactation consultants, mm-hmm. we want to help. You just mm-hmm. got to, like, crack the door, have some humility, <laughs> let us in, let us help. We have the answers that you need, and we have them quickly. You don't even have to read a book. We can just, in one phone call, yes, no, here's the plan. <laughs> so yeah. if you're a pediatrician listening to this uh, and you've you've stuck with us this far. Thank you. Thank you. And please call us or email us mm-hmm. and let us know how we can help you. I do it all the time with my midwife friends from oh, school. Yeah. All the time. They are like, I'm on speed dial for a lot of them. <laughs> Shout out to Jackie Serafin and Sarah Kohal. Mm-hmm. Um, great midwives. If you're in the Chicago area for Jackie <laughs> or Coeur d'Alene, Idaho with Sarah, they are badasses. And they text me a lot asking me breastfeeding questions. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I live for it. So anyway. And for the parents out there that are facing the choice of whether or not to supplement with formula, I want to again emphasize that formula does not mean you have failed. Not at all. And it is not the end of your breastfeeding journey. Okay, we're going to frame formula supplementation as a medical intervention, as something we are going to do for a set amount of time and have a very solid plan for the start and the end. And if you're in the top-off cycle right now, there is hope. Yes, and we absolutely need a new episode on that. <laughs> yes. Um, just in case we don't record it for the next two months, there's a link in the show notes to my private consult. Ah, uh, yes. You can either get a private virtual consult with me at the link in the show notes, or you can join our Patreon yes. and hang out with Maureen and I and communicate with us through that messenger feature on there mm-hmm. and our live Q&As once a month. And we'll definitely help you get through the top off cycle. That's one of our top things that we talk about, I would say. Absolutely. Maureen. Did you know that my love language is deluxe size beauty products that I can squirrel away to my bathroom and rub on my body and smell good and feel like a million dollars? Oddly specific, but I actually did. (laughs) Yeah, it's a situation at my house and I'm not that ashamed of it. I'm proud of it and I'm going to tell you today that I support Glossy Box. Well, lucky for you, uh, for your next birthday and probably for Christmas too, you're going to get a beautifully wrapped, lovely little box containing five deluxe size beauty products delivered directly to your doorstep from me from glossy box yeah but how do you know that they're any good Uh, it's really going to be filled with five makeup hair and skin products from top brands and it's different every month right yeah it's packaged um, with love by their in-house beauty experts and delivered to your doorstep every month oh my gosh that just like tickles me pink and i'm so excited about it well if you guys at home want to try glossy box 
You can get $10 off a three-month subscription by following the link in our show notes and join me in rubbing on all the creams and smelling all the smells and using all the best hair products. So use the link in our show notes to get your discount at Glossy Box today. Thank you for joining us today. I would like to do an award before we go. Today's award goes to our friend Morgan, who is a patron of ours. Um, She let us know that she has been breastfeeding through her seven-month-old teething. Yeah, it is his second tooth. Looks like two more are coming soon. Sleep is rough. Occasional bites hurt a lot. And baby is still breastfeeding like a champ through it. Morgan is surviving. (laughs) Um, And we just wanted to commend her for doing that. It can be a big challenge. And I wanted to give you, Morgan, the Teething Tatas Award. Oh, Teething Tatas, <laughs> the ultimate teething tool. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. You will get through it. Subsequent tooth growth will not be as difficult as the first couple. Yes. All the best to you in your teething scenario. Can't wait to see a picture of the full set of chompers when they're all in. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Milk Minute Podcast. The way we change this big system that is not set up for lactating parents is by educating ourselves, our friends, and our children. If you have found some value in this episode or others that you've listened to, please consider joining us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can support this amazing podcast and get cool extras. Yep. So go to www.patreon.com slash milkminutepodcast or just click the link in the show notes. And if you're not ready to do that, you can always just share one of our episodes for free with a friend who you think could benefit. You could also write a review. We read every single one of them and we We love them so much. Thank you for those. Yes. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Toodly do. It's 